0: Hello and welcome to the grass track banter podcast it's episode number 25 my name's gareth bemister your host and your guide through the wonderful world of grass track racing and joining me as always are my three fellow bantammen. first up it's ben Ilsley. how are you doing ben
1: yeah all good good to be here
0: again mate and joining us as well is russell little how are you doing russ Yeah. good evening gareth all good here thank you and finally post producing guru and mr fixture list himself luke russell Hello Gareth. How you doing, mate? All good, thanks. So uh, he's the only one that gets a build up these days. I think we need to, uh, I need to come up with some quirky little. We well,
2: used, to, used to give them the the two fifty third place or something, was not it?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <I> used <laughs> tried, to give the others.
0: They were getting quite obscure though, weren't they? Some of the some of the things that they'd won. But I'll try and I'll try and fish out some accolades for Ben and Russell in the future, because otherwise they're not getting a build up. That's not fair, is it, boys? We're uh, 20, 20 race
3: winners at the GW racing meeting. There you go.
0: Yeah, that'll uh, do. Yeah.
3: That'll be up race. to
0: date, wouldn't it? <laughs> Very up to date, last year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. World Pairs champions, that's our biggest accolade. <laughs> 2.50 World Pairs. Yeah, I'll bring it in for uh, episode 26, and I'll talk about episode 26 later on, actually. Uh, I think, though, boys, I think it'd be fitting, first of all, if we start off our podcast by remembering uh, a good friend that we lost today. Uh, unfortunately, we lost uh, Neil Copestake this morning. Uh, really sad. Uh, I know that, Ben, you were quite close with Neil. You sort of spoke to Neil quite a lot, actually, uh, through many different reasons. Uh, really sad news, though. Yeah, it was, Gareth. Um, bit of a sad note to start the podcast with. But,
1: um, yeah, last week, unfortunately, Neil had a, had a major heart attack, which was too much for him to fight, unfortunately. And like you just said, unfortunately, Neil... Neil lost his battle this this morning. Um, He leaves behind Louise, uh, his wife, and and Theo, his son. Um, He's got some older children as well. And obviously his brother, nephews, and niece are involved with the sport, Barry and and Mike. So, um, yeah, really, really sad news. It's been a great friend and help to a lot of people in the sport. And I think the, the tributes and messages that are poured on social media today reflect that.
0: Yeah yeah I do think so yeah and it's uh it's all we can do at this time, isn't it to wish our best to louise and to to the whole family really I know Neil had an awful lot to do with uh with Harlan Cook and Harlan cook coming up through as well and if uh, if it wasn't for neil, I don't think Harlan would have reached the level that he did really you know multi british champion I think neil had a lot to do for that with that
1: yeah definitely i mean Neil prepared and built the engines and the kit as he has done for a lot of championship winning engines he's a very clever guy and uh yeah it was multi I think it was three 250 titles, correct me if I'm wrong, and a, and a British 350 title in there as well. Um, not forgetting some notable performances in um, in the British Masters that Harland had. I think he had a fourth place was his best finish one year at Wimborne. Mm. Again, it's just from memory. But, um, yeah, very, uh, very accomplished engine builder. And, yeah, it's going to be a, a great miss.
0: Yeah, he will. And he, is a, he enjoyed a skid as well, you know. He sort of gave up for a while and then came back. And I'm really sort of now that we know that he's he's passed. It was great to know that he had a, a couple of good years before he finished. I'm sure he would have loved to have had 2020 as well. But uh, we'll certainly raise a glass to you, Neil, and we'll raise a glass uh, at a meeting when we can get to one as well. Um, So rest in, rest peacefully. So moving on from uh, the sad news, uh, we will go on to uh, thinking about the last podcast, episode 24. And we caught up with Rob Wilson on episode 24 uh, and we'll have the second part of his interview coming up as well on episode 25 so that's to look forward to later on uh, we did have a little bit of feedback from the last episode which uh which i'll just share with you now Dents. um well first of all we had a bit of feedback based on our new feature which we all had a good laugh at so we've got we had the unpopular opinions feature last time and uh and somebody has written in with a couple uh, and some of them are broadcastable some of them i think we'll just well, they'll get us in enough trouble. So I think we'll stay out of that. But uh, Ryan, actually, Ryan Ashcroft, who we we uh, we sort of speak to a little bit on the Xbox, don't we? He's uh, he's written in one of his unpopular opinions. I'm refusing to read out because I know it will get us in loads of trouble. So you'll have to ask Ryan yourself uh, what his uh, biggest one was. Uh, but his most broadcastable one really is uh, unpopular opinion was that uh, smooth tracks are the best. Well, I think it's hard to disagree with that. We do like a good smooth track. But yeah, Um, he did get involved. If you want to get involved, we'll do another unpopular opinion at the end of the show. Uh, If you do want to get involved, get in touch with us. We're going to advertise it a little bit as well because it is a good laugh. And it's a way uh, way for you you to say something that you perhaps uh, wouldn't normally say about the sport. Get it off your chest, but in a nice sort of polite way uh, and not upset too many people because it's only for a bit of fun um you'll hear all about it later and if you haven't heard it on episode 24 go back and listen because it is fun we enjoyed it we enjoyed it didn't we boys yeah it
1: was good fun i mean, got to hear you having a little bit of a sing
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know what my voice is like today we wait and see <laughs> uh we also heard from kevin crouch who is a listener and he said hi gareth ben luke and russell just like to thank you all for the excellent grass track podcasts you've produced thank you very much kevin just finished listening to number 24 with Rob Wilson. Really good insight into 1,000cc right hand sidecar racing and Rob's superb career so far. As you mentioned, he's a grass track legend. You're doing, uh, And then it says you're doing a great job in promoting grass track and would urge all grass track fans to listen in. Uh, like your good selves, can't wait to go to grass track again. I'm regularly watching old videos on YouTube, but you can't beat the real thing. Keep up the good work, lads, and stay safe. So a really nice email. From a listener, really enjoyed uh, reading that one. It makes it all a bit worthwhile. So, Um, thank you very much for that. Nice to hear.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's always good to get feedback, and it's nice to know that um, us four retrobates getting together and having a chat is uh, is enjoyable content for some. So, yeah, thanks a lot.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Because we all do this, and then on the other side. We don't we don't really know how anyone reacts to it. You know, nobody ever really tells us. It goes out there. We know people listen. We get 500 listens of an episode. So 500 people have tuned in, but we don't hear a lot back. It's a little bit unnerving, really.
1: This is the most social part of my life on a Monday.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) We uh, we had a bit of feedback, Russell, as well, didn't we? Me and you. We um, well, we both had a phone call from uh, Mr. Paul Johnson over after last the uh, last conversation we had, because you mentioned something in the last podcast, because we were talking about frame frame designs, weren't we? Um, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Paul Paul
3: both uh, called both of us, didn't we? Um, we mentioned uh, that he had had uh, a new um, speed speedway. I was, but we wasn't 100 percent sure. Um, so, yeah, I had a call from Paul just to confirm that was the case. Um,
0: and I believe uh, we'll off in two. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, he's had something altered by Wasp, definitely. Um, I don't know if he's had a full frame built, Will, but he's had a something, some work done with them. Um, yeah, interesting though, because um, obviously well, Wasp were a big frame builder back in the day. That's right. Um,
3: obviously, most notably paired up with Steve Smith, I guess, mm. back in the back in Steve's most prominent era. Uh, but yeah, as you said, turned out many a many a nice cycle over the years, um, and I believe they're they're still happy to build them now
0: yeah yeah it seems that way i mean that's really really quite good i mean the the whole point of what we were talking about was that there there doesn't seem to be many people around building thousand sidecar frames or it didn't seem that way because mark sort of you know is dealing with an awful lot of things at the moment and and uh and and ducker we're not sure what's going on there really um so, yeah, there seems to be a gap in the market and Wasp could be the ones to fill it. It's, we mentioned Robin last time, but it's his son, I think, that Jono said. Did he mention that to you? He uh, his... didn't. No, I didn't. Ask, I didn't ask to be honest, Gareth. I think it's I, I think think it's
3: his... Robin's no longer with us.
0: Yeah, I think it's Robin's son that's involved. So, yeah, really good news, really. It'd be good to see Wasp back um, Have to wait and see. What's this space, really. Uh, the other thing from last episode is we talked about the e-bikes that uh, Rachel Cox has um, proposed to the ACU. She's proposed that the Halesby Club run this new class and it's sort of electric bikes, little electric bikes for for youngsters. Um, and she's going to be on the next podcast and she'll mention and she'll talk about it a bit more. Um but it's—I need to really clarify that it's only a proposal at this stage. It's not being discussed at all by the ACU, so it's not really um, ready to go yet. I know that a lot of uh, parents have have rung up the ACU and tried to find out about it. And at the moment, it's just a proposal, so we're waiting on that. We obviously got very excited because uh, it's—you know—it's something completely different. Um, could be, and it sort of kicked off a few conversations. I've seen several conversations on Facebook about e-bikes and electronic engines on speedway and all sorts of things it seems to have uh seems to have started i don't know a lot about it myself but if it gets young riders into the sport then it's all good from my perspective but we'll hear a bit more about that with rachel uh next time on episode 26 but this is episode 25 and uh in episode 25 we uh, we're talking to you off the back of a very important announcement by boris johnson so we're going to talk about what that might mean to grass track for 2021 it looks like we might have a season yay we've been doing the podcast all this time and we've had about what three grass tracks to report on since we started so it's uh it's we're just really looking forward to getting to a grass track so we can talk about all of that and we're going to have the second part of the rob wilson interview as well so it's another action-packed episode 25 of the grass track banter podcast
3: this is james shanes and you're listening to the grass track banter podcast
0: so it's time for the news now on the podcast and uh well i suppose the first thing we've got to talk about really is massive news tonight uh all day today we are talking to you on uh monday the 22nd of february um and it is the day where the roadmap the famous roadmap by boris johnson is going to be announced um so we really need to talk about what it means for grass track because potentially uh it's very positive uh, there's an awful lot of positives in here um now, first of all, I think step one—it well, it's in the four steps, isn't it? And step one talks about um, schools going back, so that doesn't really affect the sport at all. Really, it affects uh, me and Luke. Luke's going to have a lot more uh, mess to clean up, <laughs> and I'm going to have a lot more te- children to teach. So it affects us. But the 29th of March is when it starts to uh, look up, and we've got um, rule of six or two households outdoors. But no households mixing indoors. Okay. And outdoor sport and leisure facilities open up. Now, potentially, that could mean that we could have some racing. But I think we're going to need a bit more development than that. Because step two then talks about, um, well, indoor leisure starting. Rule of six two households, um, but no mixing indoors, but they can mix outdoors zoos and theme parks are going to open and uh, it's still talking about minimizing travel but that's on the 12th of april um so it's getting a little bit better but i still don't think by that stage if we just stop there for a minute chaps i think by the 12th of april i think we're still looking at uh well there's gonna be a lot of restrictions in place ben even even at that late stage you know on the 12th of april aren't there yeah for sure definitely
1: I mean, we can then get our hair cut. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah.
1: Go to the zoo. It all depends on the classification, really. Whether I think the grey area is, are we an outdoor stadium?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a a thing earlier with the Leicester Speedway, and they they uh, put after the back off the back of this, they sort of advertised a practice day, didn't they, on the 10th of April, I think it was, and uh, it sold out in minutes. It sold out in about 30 minutes. I think they had no spaces left, which, you know, That's people, right. are, people yeah. are keen to ride their bikes, aren't they? Like, there's no doubt about it. But I think that, uh, you know, 12th of April, we're still looking at, you know, quite a lot of restrictions, really. And what meetings are there before we get to the 12th of April? I think Ledbury's quite early on, isn't it?
1: Got the VMCC, which is the last weekend in March.
0: Right. Yeah. So I'd say that. Unless they're running behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know. And Ledbury, yeah, they used to extravaganza the week before. Um I don't know, what do you think? It's, it's, I mean it says they're minimised travel. So you know, it, it all depends, doesn't it really? I think um, it'll
2: depend depends on what, what the ACU announce Yeah. This week and next week, I think, before anything can sort of really be um Decided. I mean, as grass track goes, as you say, VMCC end of March, Leebry Easter weekend in April, and then there's a gap anyway. So, um, in, in interestingly,
3: just going going between the two slides, obviously step one, 29th of March says organized outdoor sport is allowed. Mm. Uh, next to that it says minimise travel, no oh. holidays. Then. Mm board into step two um, says minimise travel no international holidays so I guess that means you can holiday in the UK so obviously you can travel for that mm. yes yeah. well picked up yeah yeah.
0: yeah. It, so it, that...
3: it's all open to interpretation that's the problem it
0: yeah. is yeah. and Just I think wait, wait with, for it, clarification it, yeah definitely I think so I mean the only thing is you know the ace every re- event apart from uh, the dirt track um racing, which is the uh Carl Russian and Trevor Heath, which is run under Nora. Everything else is run under ACU, so Luke's absolutely right. We need to just wait to see what comes from the ACU and what the guidance is there. Um we'll have to it is all open to interpretation. You're absolutely right, and it's it's you know whether or not you know clubs want to take that on. Now the reason why this is quite pertinent for us of course is that our meeting that we wanted to run is on the eighteenth of April. Uh six days after the uh, step two um, section starts, so it's cutting it very fine. Now we're not sure yet what's going to happen. Really, uh, again, it's awaiting the ACU to find out what's going to happen. Um, we're not sure what's going to happen with you know any of these clubs really, but there does seem to be a few practice days on, which is positive. That is positive. And like you say, the fact that on the 29th of March, organised outdoor sports are allowed. That suggests the practice days are okay again
1: what that doesn't suggest is whether um spectators or a public a paying public will be able to attend uh, an outdoor event and that's a huge huge factor isn't it I think yeah that's that's the key the key factor to every club without uplifting rider entry costs and reducing outgoings um, you, you, you need a, you need a spectator base to To bridge the gap, don't you really? A balance in the books.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's all very wobbly up until you know step three. And we want to see a crowd back at a grass track.
1: Say that
0: again. Say that again. And we want to see a crowd back at a grass track enjoying their racing. Mm. Yeah. As much as the closed behind closed doors situation meant that we could go racing, it wasn't quite the same, was it? I mean, when we went to Cornwall uh, and there was a crowd, it was. It was noticeably different. It was, you know, that feeling that you get. Brilliant atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So either way, step three comes along on the seventeenth of May, uh, and and that's looking very promising because you've then got situation where uh organised uh indoor sports are taking place. So large events. Uh, that's when the outdoor seated events of ten thousand comes in. So an indoor events of a thousand people. Well, I mean, grass track outdoors isn't going to get around four thousand. So. And the travel rules changed too on the 17th of May. So step three, for me, I don't. You can disagree if you want, but for me, step three seems to be the one where we can go right. We're ready.
1: Yeah, I I'm swaying towards that opinion as well, Gareth. Um, on the basis that it's not going to be a strain on the NHS. God forbid if someone did did need to get carted off to hospital which I think seems to be the major con, uh, cause for concern at the minute amongst amongst the sport.
0: Yeah. And the paramedic situation as well, which we've mentioned before.
1: Yeah, we have. I think we've
0: mentioned on the last one, didn't we? Hmm. Um, so 17th of May comes along and then we've got uh, and then we were talking about it earlier. Actually, the, we've got a little bit to get excited about then. If it does all mean that we can go racing, we've got the Battle of Britain pencilled in a couple of weeks later. Um Might be a few problems, though, with that, in the fact that you've got to get people to the meeting and uh, you've got to set the thing up and there's a lot of uncertainty. But potentially, we've got a meeting the day before that. On the 16th. Uh, Well, yeah, but also the the Saturday before the Battle of Britain. Uh, The British Youth Championships. Yeah. Yeah, so Luke, slightly, you know, what do you think? I know that you've not spoke to any of the committee yet, but do you, what what's the sort of likelihood do you think, having just listened to what you've listened to today?
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it is the honest answer? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of factors <laughs> to come into it. To be fair, whether whether the farmer wants anyone on there so soon and and that sort of thing as well. So. Mm. It's, uh, it's a tricky one. I think it's sure. going to depend on area by area, club by club, I think, on on what they can and can't do, um, basically, yeah. Um, I mean, Finland's on the 23rd of May as well. So, yeah, um, there's plenty, plenty of meetings currently penciled in, number of clubs still missing off the fixture list. So, But, yeah, either way, it's, uh, it's got to be promising that there's some light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Yeah,
1: just seen, seen a press release issued by Nora Motorsport. Um, ah, okay. Just to sort of summarise that quickly, it's saying that it looks like um, it looks like Nora events are looking likely to get back for one day events as of the 29th of March. Wow. Day events from the 12th of April. Wow. Good okay. Goes on to say strict guidelines will still be in place, uh, obviously with social distancing and the wearing of face coverings, but a mm. full release will be, be issued in due course once we can digest the full wording of government guidance and how it comes through. But, with, um,
2: with Nora though they're mainly motocross which doesn't rely on um, spectators. Yeah and absolutely right. Getting...
1: It's, it's clear that sport can, can happen again whether that's yeah. racing or practicing. Um, yeah. the, the caveat our sport has is that either we put the prices up for riders to en- enter to cover the costs Mm. Or uh we're allowed a crowd to run. Yeah. To to help build that income up. Um but yeah, I mean Nora's my point is Nora's opinion of it is that they can run an event on the 29th of March. Under step step two. It'll be
0: interesting to see what Let's get by uh, Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what uh you know what what the the um the risk assessment would look like for that i guess but yeah yeah i mean either way 21st of june it looks like it, it you know as long as everything goes well and all of the the data carries on going like it is at the moment it looks like we will be definitely racing on the 21st of june, or after the 21st of june i mean there's you know if it all carries on as it is there will be no limits i don't think you know if you can go to a nightclub and dance on a dance floor you can certainly go grass track racing so um you know we can talk about these early meetings, but one way or another, we are going to have a grass track season in 2021, which, you know, is it's amazing. I had I had this sort of feeling of euphoria when when I heard that earlier. And I'm sure you had the same. Like It's just relief, really, isn't it? Some some people are sort of the opinion we won't know. Better. Yeah, I know. I've seen that. What what do you think? What do you think their reasons are?
1: I honestly don't know, to be honest.
0: Yeah.
1: An interesting point raised earlier when I challenged someone on this, was um, the big issue could potentially be obtaining a county ambulance. So in a lot of events, um, we we often see a county called. Um, and from what, what this particular person's being told, each ambulance has to be cleaned and sanitised thoroughly between patient transport, as you'd expect it would. Yeah. Um, and I, he doesn't know or she doesn't know how true it is, but um, ho- according to this source, uh, hospitals are only accepting NHS ambulances to A&E. So again, it's it's another another factor to consider actually, yeah. And, uh, something that needs to be understood from from a local hospital where the event's being
0: organised. Yeah, uh, it's just all depends on how the land lies at that time doesn't it i think like it's it's impossible to predict really in in sort of what we're talking that's four months time um we just don't know by the 21st of june you know the hope is that we'll be good to go uh and we can have a bit of a season really um but yeah we're certainly not out the woods yet are we not at all no we're
1: still um, still a lot of hard work to be done we still need to behave and oh absolutely And um, protect the NHS and save lives is is a key message still, isn't
0: it? Yes, Boris. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Next slide, please. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you're not talking about Covid, you're talking about Brexit. Uh, And Brexit threw up a little spanner in the works in the world of track racing as well uh, last week, because there seems to be some sort of issue with something called uh carnit or carne
1: carne i think
0: it's carne now yeah. what is carne and what is the issue uh so this is a result of brexit as you so elegantly
1: put um and the transportation of essentially motorcycles across the border and into europe you were for a track day or race or practice the movement now has to be registered by way of a of a carne so essentially what that is 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 a document that covers the goods that are leaving the UK and are due to return back to the UK within 12 months from what I've seen it you basically have to list the items that you're taking whether that be the bike any spares uh, tools tires equipment pretty much everything else you need while you're there um, and then the only things that are sort of not required to be listed on the car AR are sort of consumable goods like fuel and oils etc that are going to be used while you're there Right. Um, so it's basically to, to help access inventory of the van or lot, um, truck or lorry um, and it's there to make it easier for customer officials to check you're bringing back everything you took with you mm. Um, so basically yeah, to make sure you're not selling any goods while you're abroad and um,
0: not going against any local tax laws basically Gareth yeah yeah but it, it, you know people got very worried about the cost that seems to be the biggest problem with it yeah
1: exactly and that's this is obviously the fun bit after Brexit so if you're an ACU member you can get a favourable rate um, from Greater Birmingham Chambers of Commerce they'll charge you 240 plus VAT for a standard carne uh, and an express option is another 35 plus back to A2U members, um, which can be turned around in as little as an hour. So that's that's the first part, mm. uh, which is basically covering the paperwork required to create a legal document. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's expensive for what it is, um, but it's not not totally prohibitive to to heading abroad. But mm. the next part might be. So once the document is set up and ready to go, there's then a premium to secure the amount of goods you're taking across the border. And this is the the pricey bit. Um, And from memory, I think this is a refundable deposit of 40% of the value of the goods you're taking. Right. So in essence, if you're taking 50Ks worth of equipment, you're going to have to stump out 20 grand as a refundable deposit. So that's... um, Yeah, that's a fairly hefty price. I know you're going to get it back, but I don't know who's going to have that sort of cash available to to stump up front as a deposit, Mm -hmm. if you take the amount of equipment abroad.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is worrying. It is worrying, you know, these sorts of things. and It's obviously all new, so everyone's finding their way through it all. I think that's half the problem. Yeah, I mean,
1: this is what's in place at the moment, and that's the guidance offered by the ACU. Mm. So, We'll see how the land lies as it goes. But, yeah, it's going to cause a big challenge at the moment. And I even know some riders that are potentially looking to to transport equipment or purchase equipment abroad and and fly in and out for meetings. Yeah. It's just going to be a cheaper way of doing it.
0: Yeah, which seems like it's only going to encourage people to ride abroad, I think. But uh, well some, some people, which worries me a little bit. So we'll have to wait and see. There was something else that came out sort of brexit related from the acu this week i don't know if you caught this but uh it's actually good news this one it says uh, the department of transport have confirmed in a press release issued on sunday the 21st of february that they're taking the necessary steps to exempt the uk from the implications of the eu motor insurance directive had the eu law been implemented in great britain it would have meant the insurance industry would have been liable for almost two billion pounds in extra overall costs These costs would more than likely have been passed on to the vehicle owner. Now we've left the EU, the measures no longer need to be implemented, helping road users across the country steer clear of increased premiums, a clear win for motorists in Britain and subsequently a massive boost for motorcycle sport. The news will be met with great relief in the motorcycle community. The EU ruling would have meant any incident in motorcycle sport would have been treated as regular road traffic accidents requiring insurance the financial implications would have placed a huge threat on the sport and thousands of jobs within the industry could have been at risk uh, so yeah roy humphreys uh, roy humphrey sorry the acu chairman Uh, Said The announcement made by Grant Shapps, the Secretary of State for Transport, has been welcomed wholeheartedly throughout the ACU community. I know a lot of work's taken place in the background working with the Department of Transport, Insurers, Motorsport UK and other facilitators of motorsport. And I would like to thank everyone involved for their considerable efforts over the years, which has obviously gone some way to today's decision being made. Today's announcement signifies a huge victory for motorsport overall, and hopefully it won't be too long before we can get the sport underway some good news at last so a little bit of good news so you give it with one hand you take it with the other uh, (laughs) you know it's it's swings and roundabouts a little bit so you won't be smashed for insurance but you do have to get a carne so it's you know swings and roundabouts we have to have to uh wait and see what happens with it all really but i'm sure that people out there have got an opinion on it so do get in touch with us grass track banter podcast at outlook.com because it certainly has uh it's riled up a few people definitely the carne situation uh, our next bit of news, little bit of news, really. It's a bit of sort of gossip more than anything. Um, last time, as, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we talked about how uh, Ivan Ducker, who makes grass track frames or thousand CC cyclo frames, seemed to be uh, not building any anymore. Uh, and it seems like Kieran Hicks has been <laughs> he's uh, been flashing off his brand new bike all over Facebook. So. Looks like Ducker is still doing frames, and uh, and Kieran's got a new outfit. It's going to be very interesting to see what he gets on with, how he gets on with his new outfit, because you know he was quick enough on the last one. But uh, we know there's a couple of others. Simon Heal, I think, has got a Ducker as well. Tom Marvell, There's a few others. So perhaps we were a bit premature in saying that uh, Ducker had ca- uh, packed up, because it seems like he might be back. So that is good news.
3: Sounds to me like you need some better sources, Gareth.
0: It's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where uh, where that went wrong, really, but uh, he's definitely I think he's been at it for a long, long time. So, um, yeah, perhaps, you know, I can imagine that being stuck in the garage when it's cold, you would say, oh, I'm not doing this again. Um, but it turns out Kieran, we're looking forward to seeing Kieran go well on his new ducker and, and obviously Tom Marvell and Simon as well. So we shall wait and see what happens there. Uh, now, another thing I did which uh, you boys will probably be more clued up with than me on this. So I'm leaning on you heavily here. Um, Obviously, every year we have our grass track riders and some of them get speedway places. And um, this year, it doesn't seem to be such a problem. Now, I say that because I've looked at the Premier League and the championship teams, and there really (laughs) aren't very many grass trackers in either of the leagues. uh, And there's only one club that runs on a Sunday. So I'm thinking that Speedway might not be too badly affected or certainly British Speedway might not be too badly affected this year. Uh, now, the only one in the Premier League that I could find is Chris Harris, who's signed for Peterborough. And that's on a Monday night. So that shouldn't be a problem. And I know that he's uh, planning on doing some European meetings as well, I think, isn't he? So uh, doesn't surprise me. I couldn't find the team for Birmingham. Couldn't find it anywhere. They race on a Wednesday night. No James Shane's rides for Birmingham, but there was—I'm sure there was a couple of other grass trackers as well that raced for Birmingham in the past. Nobody knows.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> no, mine's gone uh, blank. Aaron, <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: looking at the Aaron, it will get, uh... Aaron
0: <laughs> is um, one that rode for them. We're all a bit rusty, aren't we? Who Pardon was? Them. Sorry, Luke. Who was? I think Aaron Butcher rode for him, didn't he? Oh, he may. Yeah, was that Leicester? Maybe. Oh, no, no. Aaron, Aaron, I don't know. When <laughs> you were saying Aaron Butcher, I someone know. was talking over Speed. you. Speed and I thought you Speed were saying Aaron Pease. <laughs> no, Aaron Pease. Speedway's rubbish.
1: How anyway? Birmingham <laughs> Bulls in the Development
0: League. Right, uh, okay. So James Shanes, anyway, will be at Birmingham, yeah. I think. And that's all good. Eddie Kennett rides for Eastbourne. And that's a Saturday night team, Russ, is that right? Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, still Saturday nights, yeah. And Paul Hurry, the whippersna- young whippersnapper, he's turning out for Kent on a Tuesday night. That'd be worth watching, actually, is uh, Paul Hurry and Scott Nicholls riding for Kent on Tuesday nights down in, uh, It's uh, where is that track? Sittingbourne somewhere, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, be a good night It'd out. Dark, it? Hmm. Uh, Henry Atkins signed for Plymouth uh, alongside Bjarne Pedersen and uh, Jason Crump last week. The uh, reigning British 250 grass track champion, Henry Atkins. Um, so And they're Tuesday nights, so I think Henry's probably planning to do a bit of grass still. it uh, would be good to see him on the 500 a bit more. Uh, and that's it, really. James Wright, we've mentioned before, who rides who's going to ride for Newcastle, and they're the only Sunday club, so it does look like we'll lose James Wright to the Speedway. Um, um,
3: one who I've just thought of, Gareth, Going yep. um, back to the Premiership, who was rumoured to be coming back last year, uh, gone to Kingsley Lynn at reserve,
0: is Ryan Kingsley. Uh, I did write him down because he rode uh, uh George Wilby meeting, didn't he? That's With, um, right. Yeah, I did write him down on a, on a, for that one, but he's a good speedway rider, Ryan Kinsley. I, I
3: don't know if we've sense. got anything. I don't know if there's any concrete information on that, Ben. Is there? But there was certainly rumours that he was going to come back, wasn't there? Yeah, he's
0: got. I'm sure he's got a bike. I have to speak to Dan Broughton. because. Uh... Yeah, no, it'd be good to see Ryan on the grass a bit more because he's only had a go, but apparently he was quick uh outside chance of course we've got Kyle Bickley who rides for Berwick um be good to see Kyle on the grass they race, race Saturday nights but yeah apart from when they're all away at Newcastle um I haven't gone through and checked that we shouldn't be too badly affected by the Premier League and the Championship now what really worries me though is the sort of development leagues and the na- national leagues and that sort of thing because we've you know a lot of the a lot of the riders a lot of the young lads who race grass tracks seem to be getting a bit of a taste for the speedway. Um, you know liam and ryan liam and ryan ashcroft who we speak to they go to leicester a lot i don't think they're going to pack up the grass because i think they enjoy it so much but um yeah they they're doing a bit of speedway aaron butcher as you've mentioned does a bit of speedway and uh who was it that's just signed for leicester as well another grass tracker kai ward yeah oh yeah and uh, obviously Kai is a young lad who's been doing the 250s the last couple of years, who seems to have gone to the grass track, uh, gone to the speedway as well. Uh, but you seem to think he's got a grass bike as well, Ben. So we don't need to panic that we're losing another one. Yeah, I'm sure he. Um, I know he's got a grass. Bike. Yeah, yeah. So that's all good. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled. It's always good to keep our eyes peeled on those uh, grass trackers on the speedway. See how they're getting on. Best of luck to them. Uh, Looking forward to seeing Henry because, like I said on the podcast back along, I think it's episode 21, I went to Plymouth and watched Henry Atkins ride around Plymouth. And my God, does he go around there? And uh, it'd be good to see him in the championships, see how he gets on. So best of luck to our grass trackers in the Speedway Leagues. uh, But don't forget, you need to come back and do a bit of grass track once in a while. (laughs) Right. If you've got anything that's noteworthy or newsworthy, do not hesitate to get in touch. That's what lots of people have been doing, banter podcast at Outlook.com. and you can tell us your things that you know about Grasstrack, Track or anything at all, any bit of news, any bit of information. We love to hear it. We love to talk about it and break it down. So please do get in touch. Coming up next is the second part of our Rob Wilson interview. But there goes the chequered flag and it's going to be a victory for Rob Wilson
4: and Nicky Owen. They take the 2,000 international burn up. Colin Blackbourne and the Napolitano gets second. Matt Till and Sean Yates take a very good third. But well, I think that was a result that a lot of people had wanted to predict but weren't prepared to. They've had so much bad luck with these big events over the racing season. Missed out on the Masters, as I said. But now they've done it. They've got their names once again in the history books. It's Rob Wilson and Nicky Owen that take the international burn-up for 2006.
0: Uh, and you nearly won it in 88, like I was saying, on The Hagen. I remember you in The Hagen. You, Everyone talks about Jewess and Amiza around about that time, but you were going through the card unbeaten. I think you had a problem in one of the heats. I'm not sure. I can't remember what the problem was. Yeah,
4: I, I couldn't work out. Um, I, was that the one that was televised?
0: That's it, yeah. Did they, they, had they it.
4: televised it? Yeah, we, we, we was going really good, but I, I can't. Yeah, it would be some sort of ignition problem, I would have thought of some yeah. sort
0: yeah. yeah and it looked like you were going to sort of win that but um yeah people forget that i think and then the last aces of course you know i think at the time we couldn't believe it could we really that it was going to be it um but the track again was completely different to Winterborne gunner but amazing track amazing venue uh the only thing the only downside was that the aussie won it <laughs>
4: Yeah, again, I, I, and again, I, he would have been on a speedway tire for sure. I'm sure the boys out there, all, all of us, we would have probably had uh, the speedway tire in the back because, you know, uh, Ian bless him, he, uh, he used to roll them tracks rock hard, didn't he? You know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't cut up on the turns like what I would call a normal grass track. It would just stay like a, you know, like a concrete type surface, you know. Yeah. So, which obviously, again, you know, they're a little bit shorter on the back end. The fronts are out. They steer that much better. They go round turns that much better. And and if you haven't got no bumps, you know, you you got to favour the speedway style outfit all the time.
0: Yeah, I think it was an eye opener, wasn't it? Especially when he got to when the Aussie got to um to uh, to Collier Street the following week, and he just was making up ground like like nothing yeah. on earth. Like he was so much faster than everyone else.
4: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're
0: right. And, then, and then all of a sudden everyone started thinking about going speedway bikes, but uh, yeah, we sort of talked about that really. And the other meeting, of course, that we've got to mention is the British Masters, um, which obviously you've managed to win. Um, and you sort of made your debut in 86, um, so it was a few years after it had started. Can you remember when you first did the Masters? No, I can't, unfortunately. <laughs> it was no. up it, you had to travel for it because it was up country in north allerton um oh okay yeah so i can tell oh. you that but uh yeah. yeah long long time ago um and i would imagine you probably didn't think that you'd still be riding in it sort of what what are we now sort of 96 06 16 35 years later i suppose no, definitely not
1: go <laughs> definitely not
0: no, no. no it's no. a it's a great tournament now and i think it's because the Aces and burn up have gone by the wayside i think that uh possibly it's sort of it's it's gone some way to replace it now hasn't it
4: yeah yeah it, it, you know if graham hasn't got it um yeah i mean the gtsa i think they, the one they uh, run the other year was a, a really particularly good masters there was a lot of people there there's some good racing um and all these other guys that that put a masters on you know they, they just do that little bit more and it, it makes for a great meeting doesn't it you know certainly with with the sidecars you know
0: yeah it's the one to win isn't it when you sort of plan yeah. your season that must be the one that you're thinking about
4: yeah yeah for sure that if you get you that's the one you do want to win you know that's what you get known for isn't it you know you can come second third and do whatever all all day long but uh you, you only get uh known for, known for the ones that you win don't you as such
0: hmm yeah, and you won you know, you've won it twice. The first one was in two thousand at uh, Swingfield and it was completely out of nowhere, really. Um Yeah,
4: I, I, again I I can't really remember what went on there, but uh, I I can remember John getting hooked up and then we going to another place and I think Ivor probably had a got a misfire somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um Yeah, and and, and I think that was um that's about as much as i but yeah you, you and i couldn't re, you know it wasn't until i got back to the pits you know i'm a pit crew at the start time uh graham stanley's banging me on the head and saying you won it you won it you won it and i'm thinking <laughs> "Well, no i can't fucking win it like you know what i mean <laughs> but there you go like you know and and but that again was um yeah that's motorbike racing isn't it you know we're, we're all out there trying to do our best for
0: sure yeah, it was an amazing win because of uh, I think it was between John Holsey and Colin Blackburn through the day. Colin was yeah, winning. I'm,
4: yeah, I'm sure John got hooked up with somebody, didn't he? Top bend I, I don't know.
0: I he sort of lifted, lifted in the middle of the corner, and Jason fell off the side.
4: Yes, that's it. Glennie fell off, didn't
0: he, Jason? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then. Shame, yeah, and then, really. Yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then he obviously couldn't uh so he was out of the competition then and either as you say got a misfire and you overtook him and then suddenly the bike came back on and he got past you again and then it was yeah proper drama i think it was raining as well at the time and yeah it was must have been the longest race of your life i think but yeah Yeah. brilliant brilliant to finally be the masters champion and then uh 2005 um and i was laughing at this because i watched the video back of when you won it at norvium uh because of i think you're interviewed at the beginning you and john holsey and you're both giving it some about how you're retiring and you're going to you know sail off into the sunset and here we are 15 years later (laughs) it's still (laughs) going yeah
4: john's probably done the right thing isn't he be fair but uh, i don't know i don't know yeah i still love it so yeah Yeah. all the time i'm enjoying it i still keep doing it but uh
0: yeah it's good yeah that that masters was tough i mean it was a tough old track that one
4: yeah i was um i can always remember getting um we were uh that was with ian well wouldn't it i got parked up in the corner and uh jacko uh was there and he he was telling me that he had the week off to prepare his bike and do this and do that and i'm thinking oh my god because <laughs> he was a good runner as well trust me he was yeah. a proper good runner wouldn't he he turned that motorbike into a, a big bang and he was he was fast probably yeah. fast um but yeah again i you know you you want to win them all and uh yeah we were lucky enough to win that one so uh yeah john's yeah john john's had his um yeah, he's had a lot of goes with uh, with with Jacko and people like that, but it was our turn, wasn't it? You know, it was it was that sort of time that uh, everybody has their day, and uh, we managed to come through it.
0: Yeah, it certainly felt like that. I think saying that you had your turn is right because Gary obviously had gone so well for so many years, and then John and him had the the uh, ugly thing with the Masters in '97, yeah. uh, and you were still there or thereabouts, but but never in amongst them, and and now here we are, and it's your turn. And I think that's the best way of saying it, really.
4: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. We've done what we've done, and uh, yeah, we were thereabouts that by then. You but know, John we was the closest good.
0: rival. He was your closest rival on that day, and he often was. I mean, you've had some tremendous races with with John and Jason, really, over the years. Um, yeah,
4: yeah, we have. Yeah, I think John. Yeah, John was a great rider. He was a hard rider, wasn't he? I, I think the fact that he had. Um, Glenny on the back, Jason, and um, a, a lot of the time I had Marlow, and they was the best of friends, and there was a lot of banter going on. We just mm. had a great time with John, to be fair.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And then the following year, obviously, you were on that blue Suzuki, which was really fast, um, but and you won everything pretty much that year, uh, but apart from the Masters, where Rob Bradley managed to come in and beat you, and that all happened yeah. at Cornwall.
4: Yeah, but you you can't you, you know it, it it gets your turn, doesn't it? Then Rob Bradley goes on and wins a few Masters, doesn't he? Mm. You know he, he was never on a slow motorbike. Rob Bradley was always thereabouts, but then it was his turn. So, uh, and that's how it is to a certain extent, you know. And and you yeah, all right, we our bike was quick, and but you can't get disappointed, you know. On the day he, he won, didn't he? So
0: that's yeah. that's it. You know. yeah. That's quite positive. And I remember you not being too sort of. You know, some riders would be completely gutted, wouldn't they? There's you, you and I both know some riders who it would be everything. And if they'd won everything on the run up to the Masters and then didn't win the Masters, they'd be absolutely devastated. And, um, yeah, you, you and I both know people like that.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to name them. But, yeah, we're probably talking about the same odd few people. But, yeah, you, I don't know. I mean, I think this was Smithy telling me this. He, he said to me, he said, you're only ever as good as your last ride and i believe that yeah you know that and that's a great saying and um yeah you might think you should have won and done this and done that but um again that's that's
0: motorbiking for you isn't it really yeah definitely yeah and if you can keep that in your mind i suppose you can handle anything but um yeah we've sort of talked about last well not last year the year before's masters where you got squeezed out in the final so uh, it will be the qualifier for 2021, which obviously you've won before when you've had to do it. So it uh, shouldn't be too much of a problem, all being well.
4: No, um, I hope not. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, you know, the more, you know, as the years go by now and, and we can't get out of there to race, obviously I'm probably the, uh, the wrong age, if you like. You know, time's not on my side, but I, I do believe that if we do get out there in 2021 and uh we can go racing uh i hopefully i can uh, qualify for the masters like you know
0: yeah definitely i'm sure it, i'm sure it'll be fine i'm sure it'll be fine now uh next thing we're talking about is passengers because uh you talked about john and jason just now and obviously jason was so important for uh Are you all right there rob yeah yeah, yeah. all good all right. i was just checking because i know we've gone on a bit have not we <laughs> no you're fine <laughs> okay So, yeah, we're going to talk about passengers next, obviously. And John and Jason, as you mentioned, Jason was so important to John for many years. And you've always had you've had a few passengers, but you've always had them for a long, long time. i would never ask you which one was the best because that caused an argument. But is there any sort of passenger memories that stick out in your mind that, uh, you know, above all the others? Um,
4: Just what you're saying to me. Yeah, I have had passengers for um, a long time and obviously Terry now who's still with me now and uh you know he's been with me for 13 years now believe it or not Terry Saunders wow yeah
0: um
4: which is great um and I suppose Ian Well uh Tony Miles, you know Nicky Owen Kev Simmons um Vince you know um Vaughn I I all had them for two or three years They, they wasn't really long term guys um I looked at my passenger situation, and I've had, uh, I think, over the whole of my racing sidecar career, I've I've actually had 27 different passengers on the back at some time or other. Yeah. Which, um, obviously, as and when, you know, you've had Vince landing in hospital with his broken leg, and um, Terry does his bits more off the track than on the track, hurting himself. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And all these good guys have have jumped on, you know, and I've had a lot of good guys, you know. um, Yeah, from from the early days, I started off with my my brother-in-law and he went on to go get his own bike and uh, Vaughan Roberts went on to get his own bike. um, Kev Simmons went to get his own bike. You know, there's Bennett, Tim Bennett, rode with me for a little while. You know, all these guys have um, gone on to buy their own motorbikes, which I think is great, you know, they've done that, Uh, I don't know if it's because they think i'm too slow or not i'm not sure <laughs> but you know that, that, and every time you know one of my long-term passengers has been laid up i've had some good guys jump on you know yeah um you know liam brown's always wanting to jump on went to australia with me done all them sort of good things about billy winterburn on the back bradley steer on the back you know there has been a lot of good passengers that uh, i've always wanted to, to jump on if, if their rider wasn't driving or driving and uh, they've jumped on so yeah i've, I've got to take me out off to them all really they're all they're all good guys
0: yeah what do you think it is then because uh you know there's there's some drivers that you know i've having been a passenger myself for a long time some drivers you you would think about whether to ride with and there's other drivers who you would jump at the chance uh and like you say people seem to want to ride with you what's the secret for if you're a if you're a young driver coming into the sport and you want to hold on to your passenger, what sort of thing do you think you need to do? Um, probably not frighten him too much. <laughs> Father him in his ways. Yeah.
4: Um, I don't know. I mean I've always I don't particularly think I'm a, a dangerous driver by a long way and, and fairly safe and I and probably if I was a little bit more ambitious, perhaps we would have won a little bit more. I don't know. But uh Certainly, I, I think we we want to go racing on a Sunday, don't we? And, and we wouldn't need to all go to work on on a Monday. And obviously, you know, all these passengers and drivers, or or any of us have have got families to look after, have we? You know, so mm. laid up in any sort of hospitals is not good, you know. So
0: no, definitely um,
4: not. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, and I'm hopefully all them guys that I've had on the back have enjoyed it, you know, and I'm sure they have, you know, and and now they they are still racing, all there. Got other interests, which, which again is is all good, isn't it? All yeah,
0: good. yeah, and they've all come out of it unscathed, pretty much, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had, yeah,
4: we've had a, uh, we've had a few accidents where we've, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. I don't know. It's it's one of them things, you know. There's, uh, we all know the the risks, don't we? That's but it. We've
0: uh, we've been lucky, really. Yeah, yeah. So uh another rider who obviously came from uh, your sort, of, from where you. Uh, let me start that again so what we're going to talk about next is uh, your son Robbie because obviously Robbie had a fairly decent well two decent runs as a sidecar driver um when he was really young you know I can remember him racing in the early 90s and mid 90s uh yeah.
1: that's
0: when he first started how did he sort of how did that come about
4: well again I mean we were so lucky to have the likes of mixed there in, in our uh, team if we like at the time and uh you know mick would build so many bits and pieces and uh we've probably had enough bits and pieces to build a bike and i'm sure that's probably how it come about because uh robbie was 17 when he first took to driving which uh right. was in 92 so you're about right we uh um and then he packed up when he was 23 but uh, he again you know he, he had a few uh accidents here and there and uh obviously a, a young man if you like um you know, uh, I'm not sure what they it's girls, isn't it? Girls getting away, the <laughs> don't they? Stuff like that. So. But yeah, no, R- Robbie's great, you know, and he and he enjoyed what he was doing, and I enjoyed helping him at the time. And uh, yeah, again, it's 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 a part of my life, uh, and that uh, is
0: all good, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. When he uh, when he returned, because he sort of suddenly came back into our uh domain i suppose into the grass world around about 2007 2008 his name started popping up everywhere and uh and then he and then he bought a bike or he had a you know a bike the same as yours very similar looking bike to yours yeah and then because before you guys both looked different you know if you were wearing black he was wearing red and whereas this time you all had the same kit the same bike the same everything and it must have been really special to you know turn yourselves out like that
4: yeah it was it was great robbie was um and he still does. He works for a company called Worth, and uh, yeah, he, he, he's a tidy lad, and he, he likes his motorbike to look really good and clean and tidy. So it, it made it easy, you know. He he, he would clean his bike, but he, he wanted his motorbike and turn out looking good as well, you know. Mm. He, um, you know, from from when he retired at 23, I think it was 11 years later when he decided to come back again. So, mm. uh, uh, and but he um, yeah, he, he's he's just got other things on, on his you know, I've never been like that. I've always enjoyed me uh, building my bikes, I suppose, and me uh, doing my engines and all sorts of stuff like that. Robbie's got a lot of other interests, young family. He, he loves his football, um, which, again, is all, all good because I, I didn't want him to uh, – you know, he's his own guy, really. He does his own thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's great that done, done his motorbiking. And uh, he retired in 2016, I think it was, and uh, – yeah, you, you wouldn't never say he's got no plans to come back because there'll be one day when I'll be too old to put my leg over that motorbike and uh, that might be the day that he wants to give it a skid. You don't know, do you? Don't
0: no, know. no, I hope so. It'd be good to have him back because obviously he finished with a, a big accident, didn't he? At, um, yeah, he At did. Swingfield.
4: He did. It was unfortunate because he, he was going good. Uh, he won the sand ace from me one year uh, and he beat me a few times fair and square. Uh it made for a quiet start washing the bikes off on a Monday for sure. But <laughs> apart from that, it was uh, it was all good. But yeah, he did have an accident, which was unfortunate. And that did um, you know it's hard work, isn't it if you've got a young family and all this sort of good stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but that was the yeah. um, that was the McCabe bike, the um, the BMW. Yeah. Um, which was a great bike, and yeah, Robbie started to they started to get that to go. Really good, you know. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, never say never. Hopefully, we will see him back one day.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. It'd be good to have him back. Now yeah, uh, sure. we've talked we talked grass track, so we'll quickly talk sidecar speedway because it's something that you've always dabbled in. I know that you've got a sidecar speedway outfit now, uh, which is the only thing you rode last year, in fact. But um lots of sort of eras of sidecar speedway, isn't there? We've sort of had the Paul Miller years and the uh, pull pinfold years before that where I think a lot of you turned up at Coventry on a grass bike um so you know thoughts on sidecar speedway have you enjoyed it do you enjoy it more or how do you I, feel I about it
4: say, I wouldn't say I enjoy it more I've always been a grass tracker in, in my view but I have I do enjoy it don't get me wrong and I think what's going on now with uh, um ACU and Tracy Cosser and, and the way they're trying to get it off the ground is um very good. Um, we always seem to get these things going, and, and then they, you know, it goes a bit of a stalemate. But mm. at the moment, it, everything's a bit of a stalemate in it. But uh, yeah. you know, they, they was getting that off the ground, and when we've had some really good speedway meetings, uh, you know, I suppose 18 really, 18 and 19. Yeah. Um, and like you said before that, we had the Super Cup series that Paul Miller done. It was quite a while ago now, but that was very, very competitive. You know, we had the Australians over there, and they were sort of uh, not showing us the way. But at the time, um, like you said, we, we most of us would be on like grass track outfits trying to go around, and, and they was here on their speedway bikes. So, mm. uh,
3: but
4: yeah. you know that that game really, Gareth, is. Um, you know, one bloke comes to mind there and, and who's took it to the Aussies uh, would be Mark, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. Mark's gone to Australia. He's beat them on, um, you know, their home turf, if you like. Mm. And uh, he's extremely uh, knowledgeable. He, he's built some really extremely good Speedway bikes. And, yeah, hopefully the Speedway sidecar will only go forward, which, is, uh, which might be a good thing for me because as much as i'm saying my I'm grass track rider it's lovely riding on them nice smooth tracks
0: yeah 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 do you find uh do you like riding the outfit as well because obviously it's quite different to a grass track bike riding a speedway outfit
4: um i d- i i didn't but i must admit since i've had the uh my last speedway bike which i've had for a couple years and it's like an aussie style one um the more i ride it the, the better it is you know yeah so um yeah hopefully uh you know if we can get going on 21 uh i've recently put a honda into that rather than uh you know what i call the yamra the big bang engine so hopefully i can uh, get that going as well good yeah you
0: know? yeah let's hope so
4: but, now, but i have enjoyed the speedway i must admit it, it's been good it has been good
0: yeah yeah it's good it's when it's good it's brilliant i think that's the thing with yeah Cycospy, but it can be yeah, yeah. if you know if you've got two or three bikes at the line popping and farting and banging and and then you've got yeah. people right you know we know that it can go like that but
4: yeah, um, you know, it's got it's got better and better I think and uh you know I think the series now um you know most of I think nearly everybody is on a speedway bike. I, I might be not quite right yeah. there, but most of us have got speedway bikes now so yeah it's good
0: yeah. yeah, and it should be good going forward but um you know two things stick out really from the super cup years you know when Paul Miller was running it the first one is that final at pool where you uh well milo fell off the back it was a like it's a race that gets shown quite often um and that obviously involved you john halsey and uh duncan i think was the other rider in that race but uh, an amazing race to be a part of
4: yeah yeah it was and it and it's good to um yeah i suppose um you know to look back on and like you said there's loads and loads of views on that particular uh, mm. um race wasn't it you know and again you know you, you you've got to say, John Woolsey, was a great guy, Uh Duncan. We, we all rode reasonably well, and it was a good spectacle, wasn't it? You it was know? brilliant, yeah. So, um, and then for Marla to fall off at the end, that was just showboating, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no,
4: they, they were the good times, and, and uh, yeah, we, we've got to look back at the good times. There's been some, obviously, bad times with him racing, but that, again, unfortunately, is, is part mm. of racing, isn't it, you know?
0: Yeah, and one of the bad times, of course, was the other memory I've got of you, in the super cup was at workington where you had a i can't really remember what happened i was riding myself and can't really i don't i've even been in the race i can't really remember but it was something that happened on the back straight and uh your injuries seemed to be awful
4: yeah um what i can remember is i was coming out that oh, what phew, yeah the back straight i think i've clipped the fence i think me and either it might have been either is. um nothing to do with either but we were obviously all in the same race and uh yeah, I clipped the fence and, and the the bike sort of catapulted down the, the straight but, uh, My worst injury and I, I didn't really think much of it at the time was uh, I ended up with double vision wow. um, And I had double vision for probably the best part of six months and it was just looked It was horrendous, you know, you, you looked at a table and, uh, and if there was one glass on there, there was four glasses You know what I mean and yeah. uh, um, And I think I broke the ribs at the time and all them sort of things and when i went to hospital the the guy was saying he said you you know don't we be worrying about your ribs they, they're going to repair he said your double vision it was a problem hmm. and it was they give me corrective glasses and so it sort of brought everything in line but you, you you had to look at everything dead straight on and uh yeah it was it was a, a real bad accident
0: hideous yeah um, what so what caused that then was it was it a brain injury you, or
4: it, i believe workington was uh, a real narrow track remembering it and i just clipped the fence uh and obviously hitting your head on the ground that hard and and the guy who looked at me he said look just these cartoon characters where their eyes pop out their head he said that's what's happened to you jesus man and, and you've stretched your muscles behind your eyes he said and it's going to take a while to uh, put right yeah uh, and he was right because i was probably out for the best part of six months or more you know
0: mm. yeah a lot of us thought that was the end for you to be on you know the end of your racing certainly but uh yeah yeah. i
4: I think again i think uh uh smithy was one of them he he just thought i was a goner you know um yeah it was it was a strange one and then uh yeah
0: it it is what it is like you said
4: there's bad times and good times all good
0: now though thank goodness
4: yeah all good now all
0: good Uh, now then, racing abroad is on the, next on the agenda because uh, you've done a lot of that, really, more recently in Australia. Um, you must love going over there to race.
4: Yeah, I, I, yeah the great thing about Australia is uh, obviously the weather and, and it's winter months here when we go and it's, it's summer, so that helps. Mm. Uh, I think now I've probably been to Australia five times um, and raced out there five times Um yeah enjoyed all of it you know i suppose the first time we went right back as far as 93 94
0: yeah
4: uh christmas time um there was seven of us i think went at the time out there for about six weeks and yeah it was brand new to us then wasn't it it was Mm. never knew it you know it was great Uh, yeah it was yeah on grass strap bikes
0: the first time though wasn't it Sorry. It was on grass track bikes the first time. Yeah,
4: yeah, we all took our grass track bikes. Uh, there was a couple of guys there that had sort of the what I call the short speedway bikes, but that's probably all there was then. The, mm. um, I'm not sure though. I think Mitch might have uh, might have had the Mitch out, the the, the one is the you know what they use now, but yeah. I, I'm not sure. But certainly, um, yeah, Russell Wing, Neville, myself. Um, oh, I can't think. Of it. There's Albert Lewis, Ray Brackle. I think they were on speedway bikes. Mm. but the small ones. But certainly Russell Wing, Ivor was on his grass tracker. Um, but yeah, we we still put up reasonably good shows on, on them bikes, but uh, as we know, they don't particularly turn as good as a Speedway bike. No. Um, I went to Newcastle Showground. I think me and had done a bit of a show there, just both of us. Um, and yeah, we won our first one because the track clearly had a lot of dirt on it. Yeah. Um, but as the evening went on, and they were putting road race slicks in the back, and they was doing all sorts of things, we were stone bonkers last. But uh, yeah, if they had kept the dirt on the track, me and I would have done extremely well, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Though no, it's um, it must be amazing to go over and race over there. I mean, it's an eye opener, I'd imagine, because. You know, you think you're going pretty good, and then you get over there, and Christ, they're fast. Yeah, <laughs> and, they,
4: they are, mate. They they are good, but you know that they do what they do, and they and they do in speedway, are not they, most of the time. Yeah. Uh, there's no grass track for them. It's it's just speedway, and but some of them guys, you know, they uh were certainly Mark Place, and that he, he was just a young kid when he started riding, and a lot of them are like that, you know. Mm. Um, and they don't seem to get rid of their bikes either, Gareth. You know they. they they don't ride for a long time and then all of a sudden they get the bike out and away they go again but they're 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 still good quick guys and yeah we if I was to be truthful the first time we went out you know they call them A and B graders and yeah we were struggling to beat the B graders to be fair because they didn't quit you know but uh, a great time um, very enjoyable and obviously we brought a lot of um, stuff back to the UK which probably started off building speedway bikes and cayenne carburetors and all this sort of good stuff you know yeah. from, from that from that time really so
0: yeah yeah no we can learn a lot from them still but um yeah, yeah. and then obviously certainly sort of 10-15 years ago you were doing a lot of riding um in europe and on the german tracks and a couple of french tracks as well but they were always good weekends oh
4: brilliant yeah we, we could again i, I um you could probably talk about it for hours but uh, obviously when we used to do the german ones within barclay we we would travel down to folkestone on a friday night um normally be either john myself uh, or i can't remember the others but yeah we'd all jump in a in a couple of vans one bike on top of the other a few bikes boys laying in the back and off you went and mm. uh barclay was the driver as long as you could uh, supply him with cigarettes he, he was a great you know he just kept driving <laughs>
0: Yeah,
4: (laughs) Uh, but yeah again we had some great times and um yeah uh ian organized a lot of the first german ones and then lou coffin done it for us and the french ones were done with uh corina headland brilliant times unbelievable you you can't yeah you're never gonna forget them
0: no and the i mean the tracks were were brilliant and we're sort of you know, We know that the tracks are prepared really well and they're massive as well. I mean, Luden, I was, when I rode in Ludenhausen, you were out there and you and Ian had a crash, actually. But uh, yeah. it was, you know, the track was unbelievable. Like, it was just so fast. that like, you're just not used yeah. to going so quick.
4: Yeah, no. The Ludenhausen was really, I mean, them straights were unbelievable, weren't they? You yeah. know, they're, they're so long. And, and you know, was, I'm probably never going to go road racing now, but
0: that's probably as close as I'll get to it, I would have thought. Yeah, you don't he, realise things like oh, sort of wind resistance and, you know, it's yeah. pulling the peak of your helmet back and all sorts like yeah, exactly incredible. Exactly
4: that, you know, and, and again, that, that guy who, who puts that on and gets us over that Albert, he, he's such a lovely guy, um, and he loves it, do not he? They love yeah. the sound of their motorbikes, you know, and they do sound great, let's, let's get get it right, they do sound good, don't they?
0: So, they certainly do, yeah. Now, there is a bit of an urban legend, Rob, which you can, you can deny if you want, but uh, there's... Uh, there's some story that goes around. I can't remember who it was that told me about you doing a burnout inside like a drinking barn. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that,
4: that, that again, it's. Uh,
0: <laughs> How did that come about? <laughs> um, I think um,
4: I think I'm right in saying it's um, I probably ain't going to pronounce this right, but Berghampton. Yeah. Um, and the the tracks very near, uh, I suppose, like a village hall type thing, but they had like a nightclub downstairs. And then upstairs they had the village hall, and um, obviously um, you know um, all the tables laid out and all the bits and pieces. And they did ask us. They said, "Can one of you ride your bike round and um, you know do your, do a bit in the village hall, just do a burnout?" So yeah, we we started her up, and we got her in, and we put her up against what was the the stage. And sure enough, we just dropped the clutch and done a burnout through the middle of the um, through the through the hall, like you know. But they loved it. They you can't they can't get enough of you, you know. They, that them sort of things you never ever forget, you yeah. know. And the I know we perhaps we shouldn't talk about it, but you know the amount of people, the the spectators, they bring you a crate of beer down and, and leave you some beer there, or you know John to back me up here, Russelling, all them sort of guys where they used to have the little snaps bowls, um, and you drink snaps and stuff like that you know one particularly strong but you know it, it was just a fun
0: time great yeah. time you know yeah incredible really m- must have been amazing but um yeah it was it was yeah and now we've sort of we've mentioned it a few times on the way through our chat here but uh you've re- you sort of threatened to retire or retirement seems to be coming several times and i said to you that 2005 it looked like it was all over but uh you've you know you're still going so you know what is it that keeps what keeps you motivated every year because it's not like you sort of bought a, a clapped out bike and you're just having a go on a sunday for a bit of fun you know you still got top of the range gear you're still at the top of the sport what is it that keeps you going
4: um i suppose just the enjoyment of it all to a certain extent you know i i love preparing my motorbike to a certain extent i suppose the the washing down after a real muddy day is not so great now but the actual building of the motorbike um i mean kevin ollister's my main man now but uh, the nice bits we make you know our fork yokes um you know we make a load of alley bits and pieces a bit like everybody does but we go and get them out of dice so our bike looks good we have our frames plated and all this sort of good stuff and we just get everything working really good you know and i, and I enjoy that side of it i really do Mm. um but i also enjoy the racing obviously it's that much better when you win uh and like you said 2019 probably wasn't my best year for sure um but i'm hoping you know if we come back in 21 now i'm uh mentally i still think i can uh, beat the best of them but uh we'll have to wait and see yeah
0: well <laughs> but i know, do
4: still enjoy it big time
0: yeah, yeah i mean we wouldn't put it past you really because you know we spoke at the banter awards last year and you sort of mentioned, and Terry, I think, mentioned a couple of plans for 2020, which never happened. But, yeah, there's a few changes that you've made, haven't you?
4: Yeah, I, I, we have. We have, and um, certainly um, going back to what I, you know, coming off of a, like a big bang type engine back to like a 360, uh, I'm hoping that's going to help. Um, we did run it the end of 19, Um we did go out and win the Sand Ace on it. I, I couldn't quite get that motorbike running quite right. You know, it was a, um, it was a good engine. You know, once we um, sold our frame to, um, and, and our, our one to uh, Mark Warren, um, Mick Cave come back in again and um, soon put, got me an engine because my Honda, I kept my Honda, but it had a hole through the case. So Mick supplied me with an engine. Um, we, we put that back together fairly quickly just to do a couple at the end of uh, 19. um like I say was very uh went out and, and won the sand ace but it wasn't quite running right um and we done one at the end of the year for it and then again it wasn't quite running right so uh i think we've we sort of uh decided that you know and we all do this um and obviously i i've done it with suzuki i've done it with all the engines you know you, you buy the engine you get it home, you take all your bits and pieces off it. You put your kind carburetors on it. You stick your own ignition on it or a ignition, should I say, um, put some ethanol in it and away you go. But, um, we are trying to keep the grass tracker as standard as we can as a stock engine. Um, but we have gone on to fuel injection. So we, we're sort of oh, running right. the motorbike how it should be run.
0: Mm, okay.
4: Um, and as far as things go at the moment, it, it's, it's coming out really good. It, it's, it starts up a treat, it sounds a treat, it runs on a dyno a treat. But if it's good on the grass, it'll be another thing. Uh, I'm sure it will be. Um, just to put you in the picture, I've had a guy called Nick Morgan, MSS Performance. Um, he's a guy who helps um, Paul Johnson, John O Racing. Yeah. Um, and I know when Jono's come out, he don't come out that often. That Kawasaki is probably the quickest thing in a straight line, for
0: sure. Mm, yeah.
4: Very, very fast. Well, Nick is, um, is the man who's who's been behind the Honda, and obviously we've got fuel injection on it. Um, we've got Motec ignition. The, the thing sounds like a racing car, but if it works <laughs> on the grass, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But right this minute, I can go up the shed, press the button, and it starts lovely. Wow. Which at my age is great. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> yeah. pushing it round and round and round. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it, we just got to wait and see, you know. Yeah. And again, and you know, I've stuck a Honda back in the Speedway bike. Um, that's how it was with the uh, Kion carburetors they're still on methanol. Right. Uh, RTD ignition. Uh, and I'm sure that'll be good. I, I did have a little skid at Highwayed right at the beginning of 2019, and, and I was really pleased with it. But, like you said, when I ended up going to uh, Kings Lynn with it, I, it burnt out the ignition box. So, right. that was it. Mm. So, that's the plan. And yeah. uh, obviously, hopefully, it, it will happen in 21, or we will get a skid towards the end. But,
0: yeah.
4: Uh, another so. plan, really, Gareth, is for obviously Terry now, bless him, he's been with me for 13, 14 years, he, he's got to have a go on the handlebars, I mean, he's he's been on it when I've been injured or been away or something's happened, but that boy can ride that motorbike as well, so
0: hmm.
4: you will see Terry saunters on the bars at some time, but oh, not, wow. sure when, not sure when...
0: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. A few years yet, I reckon, Terry. Left. Well, Hang on. I, just, I don't know.
4: People say, you know, why do you still keep doing it? A bit, a bit like what you have asked you know. And I, I, I still love it. I really yeah. do. I really enjoy every or every aspect of it. Really, to be fair.
0: Yeah, and I don't actually think that you're, you know, a lot of riders. Um, I think sort of wind down a little bit, don't they, towards the end? But it doesn't seem like it's happened for you yet. And I think you know it, don't you? If you're going to give up, you know, you can sort of you can feel yourself winding down I reckon
3: yeah and, um, yeah it
0: just doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to happen I mean if you'd packed in at 2005 that would have been tragic because of we all knew you were one of the top riders and if and not a lot's changed now I mean yeah you come seventh in the masters but that was only through you know a little bit of bad luck here and there and otherwise you'd be seeded to the masters again and um, sort of it's a bit of an interesting thought actually because there's a lot of riders in that sort of top lot at the moment like yourself who are the wrong side of 50 um and it's worrying really isn't it for the sport
4: yeah i mean it's just come up a few times now obviously yeah it comes to mind your, your bradley's and your rod winterburn and them sort of people with it even Colin blackburn i mean even paul's not miles behind us is he paul Whiteland. you know mm. he is a little bit but not uh but certainly um you know rob and and um myself and yeah yeah it's a shame because you know newcomers come in there is a few newcomers i mean I, sometimes i look what happens in uh, perhaps the southern center and some of them i've never heard of some of them guys you mm. know and uh, which is a good thing because yeah you want more and more people um, getting into the sport don't you and, and obviously the the big one for us at the minute the young lad is is obviously caring not it you know he's uh, he,
0: he's come in and
4: yeah started to go, go extremely well
0: yeah yeah and we need a few more definitely yeah need
4: a we few do more. we do we do need a few more I, i'm not sure where they're coming from but uh hopefully we, we can get a few more for sure you
0: know yeah definitely well rob i think we'll wrap it up because we've chatted for for a good part of hour and a half now it's been really interesting i mean it's always going to be really having, having ridden so long um absolutely fascinating to hear some of the things you've been saying and some of your insights into all the different things that have gone on uh just before we go is there anyone that comes to mind that you think you could sort of thank publicly over your many years of racing
4: oh it's so, it's so hard to do that gareth Because i've had so much help over that career time that uh you know i suppose what goes on now would be more appropriate and and obviously uh yeah i mean i you Pete Colvin's still a big part of what we do in our racing. You know, Pete's great when you uh, want something welded up or some cables made or your cayenne sorted out. He, he's a great guy. Cavey, um, to this day, is, is still, you know, Mick Cavey. He, he, he would help everybody if he probably could. and uh, mm. Another great guy. Um, you know, Jim Partridge, Ryan Partridge, Kevin Hollister. All them sort of guys, and and then recently with what I've had to uh, try and get my my Honda to run sweet, which they have done it, is obviously uh, Nick Morgan and uh, Paul Johnson. You know mm. they, they've had a big part of getting that grass track bike where it is now, and and it's sitting in the shed rearing to go, to be fair. So, yeah. uh Wilson tarmac guy called Johnny Wilson, um, lovely guy. Well, he's it goes back forever. Like, you know, he's sponsored with us with a now, and he also did Robbie as well at the time. And, uh, he's also out quite a bit of solo boys over the years, I think. So, uh, hmm. yeah, just Johnny Wilson, um, Kev Gilbert, I- Iden signs. He's always done me race numbers and always made my bike look really good in, in that respect with sponsors names on it, et cetera. Um, and the other guy I'd like to, uh, big thank you to is. uh, guy called ian Curley, curly, curly moldings because again he's always made different seats for different bikes different fairings mud guards um yeah just another great guy that that helps me so yeah thanks very much to all of them but yeah i'm, I'm sure i've left people out but um obviously lee collison me me uh, latest spanner man is is great uh, all our gals that come each week um uh, my loo Terry's Jody and uh, Terry's mum Benny, you know, they they come all the time, and it, I suppose, a bit like what you said, you know, some we win and some we lose, but it's always the same attitude. It's great, you know, yeah. it it, uh, it doesn't really matter to them. Uh, well, it does matter to them, I'm sure it does, but uh, it doesn't phase them in any way. So mm. yeah, I I, I apologise if I have forgot anybody, but uh, yeah, I've had a lot of our for a long, long time now, and it's, uh, yeah, it's all been good. It's all been good.
0: So now it's time for our nostalgia section. It was better in RD. Now then this week we have got something of a revelation on the facebook group i'm sure you've seen uh, a gentleman by the name of simon Bundy, and he's been posting different things on grass track banter i think he must be missing grass tracker like we all are but uh, the amount of reactions that we've had from people have been amazing he said he's asked all sorts of questions he's asked things like who's the fastest ever grass track rider when was the fastest the fastest bike you ever saw who was the greatest ever rider all those sorts of questions that we pretty much ask on this but people have really sort of resonated with what simon said um and we've seen some brilliant stuff it's been quite entertaining to look on there and see what he's been put in uh so we picked one out for this week we just stole it from simon because why not he's doing a great job for us and it saves me trying to come up with something and the one that we uh, that caught our eye was something he posted on uh, Valentine's Day, actually, on the 14th of February. He said, uh, what's the funniest thing you ever saw at a grass trap meeting? Um, so I've asked these four, these three. I'm the fourth one, aren't I? I've asked these three to come up with something that they can remember that sticks out in their minds, a funny thing that they saw at a grass trap meeting. Not sure how well it will translate when we talk about it. We'll have to have a go. Uh, but some of the things that people put in the... In the group, we'll share at the end as well because there's some crackers in there, some things that I'd forgotten, actually. Um, so I'm going to uh, pass around to you guys and then I sort of will say something too. Uh, funniest thing you've seen at a grass track meeting. Uh, who wants to go first?
2: Um, I'll go first. I mean, it's it's one that
0: uh, oh. I, think it was, I think it was... well out the traps. i <laughs> just amazed yeah. how keen you are. <laughs>
2: um, it's one that Gary Cook put on there about the um we had some people come in from headcorn who uh parachuted down to the to the track mm. and the last one that, that parachuted down uh nearly impaled himself on the sidecar start gate <laughs> and he was the most experienced one as well that come down all the others had landed safe and he come down and and got it all completely wrong and um, hooked himself up on the sidecar <laughs> start gate
0: got it all wrong all sorts of problems Indeed. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I think I vaguely remember that happening. I did. I saw it on there. Um, yeah, poor bloke. Was he injured? Did he have to go to hospital?
2: No, no, no. No, he was fine. He just uh, got all his parachute and all that tangled up. So.
0: Not uh,
2: going Yeah. Oh God. Pretty bad. I don't think they
0: come back after that. No. <laughs> but that was it. Was it? They yeah, nearly ruined the meeting. So we don't want you again. Fair enough. What about, uh, what about you, Russ? What's the funniest thing you've seen at a grass track meeting? Um, it wasn't funny for me,
3: <laughs> but it, it, I, I thought of it for some reason earlier. I don't know why, but uh, do you remember uh, back in my very early days, uh, a meeting at High Easter Gareth? Right. Um, right. I had a crash, which I was pretty good at back in those days. Mm. Um, it It's certainly captured by Bob on video. Um, so I crash. I oh, yeah, you're laughing. You know I know really don't you? Um, yeah. So obviously I crashed. Got myself up. Started the bike. Give it a handful. Being a sixteen, seventeen-year-old teenager. dumped the clutch. Spun around in a circle and ended up in exactly the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> Not very funny for me, but I bet a lot of people thought, "Oh, what is he doing?"
0: <laughs> yeah. I've. Uh, it's. Yeah. There's another one. I think you crashed a couple of times that day. More than likely <laughs> I think it was very slick, wasn't it? I think you come off a few times. I think the other one, you were in such a state, slamming and crashing and banging the floor and all sorts going on. Uh, <laughs> Those Lee Adam's calm videos you've never written there then. so much. <laughs> no, I've calmed down a bit since then. Mellowed. Yeah. That's it. Got a mellow, haven't we? What about you, Ben?
1: I've got a couple of examples. One is a as a like a rider and another one's a spectator, but the one that it, it kind of jogged my memory was a message from Alan Bagshaw when um, he gave reference to a poor woman in the Portaloop being blown over in it by a <laughs> gust of wind coming out like something from the Blue Lagoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I see it at a Ye Traders meeting. The Portaloop went over.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, someone come out looking like the Blue Lagoon. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think everyone's worst nightmare. Oh,
0: it's just awful. Yeah. Really? And
1: uh, the other one was a, a hangover meeting at Shruton in my early <laughs> days. And I, um, I think we've referenced this one on the podcast before, but it was a very wet meeting and the track was heavy and deep. And I don't think I got past the first corner all day. <laughs> I yeah.
0: binned it every lap or every race. It was, uh, I think first. the first race, you only went about 50 yards. And then yep. the, by the last race, you did make the first corner. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like oh he's going, he's off, he's off again <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
0: yeah I remember that very well do remember that very well and the uh, was it the Brits where you did the, you, you fell off like going off the start as well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Worcester. yeah that was Pickering wasn't it, picker I, thought it was a
1: picker. I
0: think oh, you may have done it twice yeah Pickering yeah, picker yeah. So, oh. dropped the clutch and then Dropped you loads.
1: Yeah, 2006 when um, Neil Taylor won the, uh, the British champion or bike Russell. Yes. I thought you'd done it at Worcester as well for some reason. No. I looped it at Worcester. Uh, you
0: looped it at Swingfield as well. That was quite yeah, a bad Yeah, that, that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I don't know why you ride the 250s, really. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I'm yeah, just, I, 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 the only one I or, could think or, of, just, I, I thought about your... Uh, your hangover at what was it yeah it was the hangover wasn't it where you kept falling off that was yeah. quite amusing for me but not for you um but uh yeah similarly as a rider uh when i was riding with darren Wills, he always tells this story as well he um there's two things really first one with darren is uh he was we i think we either started a race or finished a race uh, and he farted <laughs> getting over the line and the smell <laughs> made me sick in my helmet <laughs> <laughs> <Bad>. <laughs> the things oh, he put up with was a passenger No, it was on the way to the line it was on the way to the line because then i raced it with six but he uh yeah on the way to the line and he farted and it got obviously got in my helmet and i couldn't get it out i couldn't breathe properly <laughs> and then uh, another one with darren we uh we were racing at uh it was yoval or somewhere and uh comes the line and it was quite wet takes one out the way they went uh, we didn't go anywhere. I can't remember why. I think Darren stalled it or something. So, uh, he, you know, we were pushing like mad to get the thing going. Anyway, got the bike going, and he looked across, and the sort of the rest of the bikes, you know, the field had gone up round the first corner, up and back round the pit bend where we were, and we're just coming round the pit bend. And I thought, all right, this is fine. We'll just wait for them to go past, and then we'll join them behind. Nope. Darren took off right in front of the whole race, like filled in the leader. The next minute the leaders got Darren and me, like right in front of them, like trying to get round us, filling him in. Uh, and then we got back in the pits. It was Tim Warren, actually, who was leading the race. And we cost him the race win. So we went mental at Darren when we got back in the pit box, mashing his helmet and all sorts. Good times with Darren Wills. Really good times. <laughs> oh, we all have to start somewhere, don't we? Bless him. Yeah. Top bloke, Darren. Very good fun. Um, but that farting one will live with me forever. <laughs> and then tim warren and it, it, the passengers equally as liable that's the trouble like it wasn't me that had dropped the collapse in front of the whole uh, pack it was Darren, but tim was equally as cross with me i mean i was just hanging on there was nothing i could do about it but there we go nobody mentioned uh me getting run over by my own bike i'm quite pleased about that <laughs> i forgot about that
3: yeah that was funny
0: <laughs> now that's... then shall we have a look at what people have said on Simon's thing? Cause there's some good ones. The one and only Steve door on the bungee pulling thing, bungee pulling thing at the poacher on the Saturday night. I don't remember that, but uh, Tom Meekins remembers that. Uh, that was funny. Was that the one where I got paralytic? Probably <laughs> I mean, the amount of beer tent shenanigans that we've seen that have made us laugh. Uh, probably n- <laughs> enough said there, Benny. Eh? Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? R P's with the world's smallest trailer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know much about that. Um, what else have we got? Luke Tuck celebrating on the finish line, falling off and knocking himself out. He was perfectly fine, by the way. Oh, that reminds. What that, does that remind you of? Say that again. That was at Lebury, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. I don't. I don't remember that, but I do remember John Hartley popping uh, <laughs> <him> a <laughs> pop wheelie at uh woodbridge wasn't it and he had the worst accident jesus man yeah if anyone remembers that john hartley accident god that was awful uh my fiat uno towing a trailer or four adults plus racing kit for two in the ford capri yeah we've all uh filled up the cars what else have we got here um oh yeah alan bagshaw you said about with the toilet um joe screen turning up to collier street pits with a blow-up doll i think mark lauren was part of the story too from what i remember and Joe Screen said, Oh, I must have borrowed it from your caravan because I can't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Deary me. Joe says it was, uh, it was Steve Johnston's. She was called Dolly. She later did a tour of America with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Gary Moon on his water called sidecar with a split hose. He looked like Halley's Comet coming round. College Street, we're in the pits and there was a little whirlwind. It blew down the Scrutineers marquee, and all the riders were holding onto the gazebos. Yeah, I've seen a lot of gazebos come <laughs> Um, hot air balloon crash don't remember that leading race oh this was the one I was looking for Simon Ashworth Simon Ashworth we like him Russell don't we
3: we do indeed hi
0: <laughs> hi he's got leading a race at Pickering and Mr Brown jumping over the ropes and hitting me over the head with a rolled up red flag <laughs> on restart he jabbed me with, flag, with the flag wood, so I pulled the cut out got off the bike raging and chased him down the track I was going to kill him <laughs> <laughs> I got rugby tackled to the ground by Alan Bradley, York rider from back then. He said, "It's not worth it, sir. He'll ban you forever." <laughs> what goes on up there in Yorkshire? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a number very two, sport, isn't it? In it? <laughs> it, just yeah. Number two, being hit again over the head. So this happened twice to the poor bloke while racing at Pickering Ampleforth Grass yes. Pack by David Brown again. After race, rode over to him. It was wet meeting. Told him where to go. Turned my jaw around, wound it up, dropped the clutch, and covered him with mud head to toe. <laughs> people were watching, laughing their heads off. Oh God! You literally—I need to get up to a hickory meeting if this is how it goes. Hilarious. Yeah, some good ones, uh, some really good ones. I've had Jay wave various bits of track
3: marker at me, where I've wiped them out with my left foot <laughs> going round. He's never hit me yet.
0: <laughs> I can't believe someone was whacking him with it. Unbelievable. So dangerous. If anyone's getting banned, mind you, you wouldn't argue with him. You wouldn't argue with the bloke, I suppose. Right. I think uh, that's about it. Keep an eye out for It Was Better In Our Days by Mr. Simon Bunday. He always comes up with something good and people come up with some really good answers as well on there. So keep an eye out and post on there. Uh, And you never know, we might see it and use it because uh, it amused us so much. Um, Next time on It Was Better In Our Day, it'd be lovely to read out some of your examples. So do get in touch with us, grass-track-banter-podcast-outlook.com. This is Kelvin Tatum, and you're listening to the Grass Track Banter Podcast. Very, very difficult. The
4: tactical points I think is worth noting once again. You'll watch the Dave Steer must be thinking, well, where do I go? It's not as normal racing. I've got to try and find my way through one. Indeed, he's gone through the middle of them. A brilliant ride from Dave Steer. He's split them up completely and gone through the middle of Ken Lane And Now he's gone on the inside of Roger Vista. A brilliant ride from
3: Dave Steer.
0: You know what's coming? Ah. (laughs) You know what's coming? (laughs) Uh, Have we all got something for this week's unpopular opinion? That's the question. Yes. One.
2: Yes. Two. I I put mine in the other day and you didn't answer.
0: Oh, well. I was obviously busy. Excellent. It sounds, like a, it sounds like a runner. Ah, unpopular opinion. Are we ready? I'm going to go with... Just, oh, just, 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 out in a minute. just what?
3: What was Ryan's that you couldn't tell us? Uh, <laughs> I can't say. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you after. <laughs> That's far too controversial, and it'll get us in trouble as well. So Ryan Ashcroft, stop trying to get us in trouble, basically, mm. is the message of that. Right, here we go. I've got to remember the words now and then who am i going to go to let me think come and give us your unpopular opinion something up till now that you've been scared to say ben Elsby. 21
1: inch wheels and motocross tires should be banned
0: oh well oh. okay now this is something that you've got with russell, isn't it? now can you explain to the layman either russell or ben why that is an issue for you too why well, well, is it I... an issue for you ben if you want to go and ride motocross, go and ride motocross.
1: <laughs> it's grass-tracking, it? You should be doing, doing it properly without the wheels in line.
3: But you're riding in a motocross engine class on the speedway engine. Why don't you go on the speedway?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Funny no rebuttal. <laughs> oh, dear. Mean, riding, be there's going to be internal struggles here, internal struggles, <laughs> I think, with our with all of our bantamins. going to be all sorts of trouble. Right, here we go then. Come and give us your unpopular opinions. Something up till now that you've been scared to say. Russell Little.
3: Julian Sayer is the best clerk of the course in the country.
2: The best clerk of the course? Mm. Does that uh, mean you think he is the best then, Russ? Can't comment. <laughs> well, if you don't, then that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <to
0: say it. laughs> I might do, I might not. I, I don't want to, you know. Last week, poor old Jay got a bit of a, yeah, he got dragged through the mud a little bit, didn't he? So he liked that, best clerk of the course. Mm. Yeah, you should never judge the clerk of the course because you never know when, uh, you know. You might need to slip them 20 quid for a
3: result. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, that is the issue. Split the winnings with them. (laughs) Oh dear. Come and give us your unpopular opinion. Something up till now that you've been scared to say. Luke Russell. Uh,
2: people only listen to the podcast to listen to the riders of old, like Rob Wilson and Kelvin Tatum.
0: Uh, yeah, and it, I mean, it, I wouldn't mind, but the rest of the podcast takes me hours and hours, <laughs> and hours and hours to edit. So if that is true, fine, I'll stop doing the rest of it and then we'll just, I'll just do the interview because the interview's easy. It's literally record it, done. <laughs> <Boom>. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, they are definitely the most popular bits. But then you say that, I've put them all on Facebook. now on, on YouTube. And they haven't had many listens. So I don't know if I tend to agree with you. I don't know. <laughs> you,
2: haven't, you haven't bit as much as I thought you were going to. Oh, I'm being
0: diplomatic. <laughs> I did
2: reply the other day. I, I actually said it to um, to Russ first, saying this is what I reckon and he, uh, he told me to put it in the chat and then you didn't answer anyway. I, so.
0: I, I'm on just... Paralyzed with Rage.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I couldn't even type. <laughs> I just went and sat in my room for two days crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. I've got one as well. I think this might be popular, actually. I might have got this wrong thinking about it. Come and give us your unpopular opinion, something up till now that you've been scared to say. That's enough singing for this podcast. Right. Now, my unpopular opinion, solo racing has never been as good as it is now. People always harp on and on about how great it was back in the day with Scoey and Doncaster and Loram and Screen and Wiggy and Tatum and all of that lot. Now, I've just been putting together a video of solo racing. And if you haven't seen it yet, it is available on YouTube at uh, the top 50 races at Collier Street. And I have to say, the majority of the races in the 90s was boring. Really follow my leader stuff, even with like Scoey and Wiggy and everybody. Still follow my leader stuff. The more modern you got, the better the racing got. The more modern you got, the better, the closer the racing got, the more unpredictable it got. And racing today, I think, is, un- is the most unpredictable it's ever been. Um, the Masters, I mean, you take James Shanes out, who dominated the meeting, uh, it could have been any one of, what, eight riders that could have won it, really. Certainly during practice, we were looking at Bomber, we were looking at James Shanes, we were looking at Zach, we were looking at Hurry, we were looking at Coops. There was James Wright, Tom Perry. They were all potential race winners. And I don't think The Racing's ever been as good as it is now. Who's going to argue with me, eh, 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 eh? eh? Nobody. Brilliant. I win. <laughs> <laughs> I'll chalk that up as a win to Bemister. Are you being serious or not? <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, having watched a lot of the older racing, I just don't think the racing's as good. It was as good then. Sidecars, on the other hand, I think it's the opposite. Weirdly, sidecar racing was better. And it's not as good now. More Follow Manita stuff. Solar Racing's gone the other way. What do you think that is there, Gareth? Uh I don't know really. Sidecars obviously I think they've just they've got so powerful now. Uh you have to have uh yeah, you know, you have to be incredibly skilled to ride them close together. I think if you get two t- outfits together that aren't too uh you know, aren't at the top, you, you they end up getting tangled up. Whereas you never seemed to have that so much back in the day. It was a little bit, they were a little bit more stable and they could sort of run close to each other a bit more easily. Um, um solos, I don't know. Yeah. That, that 2019 Masters was really
1: good. Yeah. The racing was was brilliant, wasn't it? It was. And yeah. no one knew who was going to win that final.
0: No. No, definitely not. No. I mean, the sidecars was good too, but I think that uh, you knew it was going to be Gareth or Mark, really. Um, yeah. whereas the solos yeah, yeah I mean, any one of them could have made the game
1: there were a lot of different heat winners wasn't there I mean and then you had, you had Martin Sturgeon putting some really good rides didn't you and, mm.
0: um, yeah I've just felt yeah it's a really open meeting yeah yeah definitely yeah and I think it's been like that for the last few years actually I think that you know the last four or five years it's been really good Um. probably more than that in fact it's been great um, so yeah, I think, that's I think my with, one. The,
3: with the thousands as well at the moment, it's a bit of a young man's sport now, isn't it, the way they have to be ridden?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's getting that way, but but then having said that, you know, you look at the tops, well, if we include top eight in the Masters, you've got Fumarola, who's been riding a long time. You, you yeah, know, he's, he's an old boy now. He's an old boy now, yeah, he's, he's an old boy, but he's, uh, you know, he's not too old, but, you know, Rob Wilson's 63 i think he said he is on his interview uh colin blackburn's up there white paul whiteham's up there um so the youngsters you've only really got uh mark gareth and kieran and tom cossa and everyone else is you know getting a bit on really it's a bit worrying mm. but um yeah i don't think you would say that uh on his day rob wilson could beat all of them you know i think he's still you know he's still very very fast I don't know how much of an age, how much of a thing it is with age. But, yeah, you, you know, it is certainly the last few years. But then Rod Winterburn was winning it not long ago as well. Okay. Hmm. Uh, this is kind of broken into more than I expected it to be, to be honest. I thought you'd all go, oh, what a load of rubbish. Steve Schofield's the man. But didn't happen. If Uncle Lee was on here, Russ, he wouldn't stand yeah. for this. He would not no, stand absolutely, for this nonsense.
3: <laughs> absolutely not, no. Right. Without Del- Without doubt my childhood hero, that's for certain.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think um I don't think it matters what era you talk about, there's always gonna be riders like Scoey. Um obviously at the moment it's it's James Shanes. You you're always gonna have certain riders who dominate, aren't you? Mm. Um But yeah, I guess it just depends where where you place them
0: in, in the sort of all time. Yeah. It's always hard to say, isn't it? But I think that, you know, the fact that James Shane, if you look at the people he's beaten to win his Masters titles. You know, everyone says, oh, well, you know, back in the day, it was to win the Masters, you'd have to beat everyone. Well, I think that, you know, James Shane has beaten some decent riders to put one over on sort of James Wright and Eddie Kennett and Paul Hurry and Zach, uh, Tom Perry. All of these riders, you know, really good riders, I don't know. Anyway, moving on, because I could talk about that for days, to be honest. Um, But do go and check out the video on YouTube, 50 Greatest Collier Street Classics. There's a solo one and a cycle one now for you to have a good look at so that's about it on the grass truck banter podcast episode 25 really hope that you've enjoyed uh, the rob wilson episodes that you've heard episode 24 of course was part one and then part two today uh, that one will be going up onto youtube as well very soon so if you want to hear the interview in its entirety all together with a little bit of video as well then go on to youtube and you can have a listen once again to rob's uh, amazing chat there really uh, so thanks to rob for that um, and we need to thank our sponsors I think Ben as well so reel off the sponsors for Bantasia because it might actually happen so we're going to be really thinking about these sponsors once again and yeah. uh, we've got lots of people to thank really we have yeah so quick
1: sponsor reel thank you very much to Stella Dispatch SBS Epos Dirt Hub uh, Impress Promotions Limited Relax to Race Properly Protected Rhino Goo Blaze Bikes Gigloo and anyone
0: else. I think that's everyone. I think, we've got, I think we've got them all in and obviously we are welcome. We would welcome anyone else who wants to get on board as well and help. Sponsors wanted.
1: Sponsors Your logo wanted. here.
0: Sponsors happy. Yeah, definitely. Get in, get in touch with us. Uh, definitely. On the next podcast, uh, it's a bit of a special one actually. It's International Women's Day on Monday the 8th of March. So uh, for a bit of a change, I'm recording the podcast on the Sunday before Monday, the 8th of March, in the hope that I can release the podcast on International Women's Day. And it will be I'll be joined by some of the best known ladies in the sport, basically. So we'll hear some female voices on the podcast at last. Um, I've got some great guests lined up. I've got uh, former British champion Abby Radley's coming on to join me. Uh, I've also got Tasha Bartlett, who's obviously uh, a top European grass track rider now uh, in her own rights. But Obviously, she's done a bit of uh, solos as well in her time. Um, I've also got Rachel Cox coming on, who will not only talk about the e-bikes, but talk about her pathway into uh, racing a sidecar. Uh, And we've also got uh, Penny Hook coming on as well to talk to us. And Penny used to drive a thousand cc sidecar back in the 90s. Uh, so we'll talk to Penny as well it'd be great to catch up with those ladies on episode number 26 the International Women's Day special so look out for that so we're about done here so Ben any last requests anything to uh, to sum up what's been uh, an unusual podcast in the fact that it's come off the back of Boris's announcement and we're all a little bit giddy
1: yeah interesting let's just uh, stay tuned to the ACU announcements and we'll yeah bring you more news as and when we have it
0: yeah, absolutely. And uh, and Russ, any last comments? Uh, yeah, I'd also like to thank our 250
3: solo sponsors, LLB oh. Bates, for uh, sponsoring the 250 class. Yes. Um, no, just, uh, just looking forward to racing. Hopefully, we can go racing sooner rather than later. Um, hopefully, we can run Bantasia 1. Um, hopefully, the ACU can provide
1: us with uh, the info that we're hoping for. Yeah, sorry about my omission there. I need the logo, please, Russell, and we can add it to the website. Well, Luke. OK. I was reeling them off for sponsor reel on, on our website, grasshopbounce.com. So, yeah, sorry, LLB okay, Bates. be. OK,
0: because LLB Bates has now got its own uh, bespoke advert right at the end of the podcast. Yes, very wow. grateful to LLB Bates for uh, sponsoring the 250 class, should it take place, definitely. Uh, and finally, Luke? Uh, no, nothing
2: to add. Just uh, hope we see everyone soon
0: absolutely yeah trackside as well
2: trackside. indeed absolutely
0: right that is it for episode number 25 hopefully you've enjoyed the show please do get in touch with us grass track let us know what you think uh let us know your unpopular opinions let us know what you thought of the rob wilson interview and hopefully we will see you trackside very very soon